Welcome. When someone reads Psalm 119, the longest psalm, for the first time, the reader often has the impression that the author of the psalm is repeating the same things over and over. But when we study it carefully and look at the details, we discover that nothing is repeated. Isn't life like that? It has troubles over and over again, and again and again we feel we're back in the same place, but it's not the same place. We're in a different situation. And as we look at the section of Psalm 119 that we're looking at today, the eight verses that begin with verse 81, the author of this psalm is indeed in trouble again and desperate for God's help. My name is Keith Simons. I'm a Bible teacher from England. I present these talks on how to understand the King James Bible using the Psalms. We're now reaching halfway through our occasional series on Psalm 119. We're looking at the section which is headed in the King James Bible with the name of the Hebrew letter Kaf and it's verses 81 to 88. But let me begin the talk in a different place, in the New Testament, when Paul describes how he was in very similar troubles to the author of this psalm. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and onwards. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver. So what Paul is saying here is that his troubles were so great he didn't even think he'd stay alive. But God allowed that for a purpose. It was so that Paul wouldn't trust in himself but in God because it's God who brings life to dead people. And that for us, those verses are a useful commentary on the section that we're now looking at. There's a very prominent word in this section, in the Hebrew. It's the word that begins the first verse of our psalm, uh, sorry, the first verse of our passage, and it's repeated again a couple more times in the passage. The King James Bible translates it differently each time, but it's the word that in 80, verse that in sorry that in verse 81 is fainteth my soul fainteth for thy salvation in verse 82 it's translated fail mine eyes fail for thy word and then it appears again in verse 87 and it's translated consumed they the enemies 
had almost consumed me upon earth. This word means to be brought to an end. My soul feels at an end to itself. My eyes are at an end. My enemies had almost made an end of me. And the author of this psalm is he's expressing different ideas as it goes through. This is why the King James translators chose different English words for it. There's an idea of being in a truly desperate state. There's an idea of waiting and waiting for a very long time for help to come. Uh, th there's an idea of waiting and expecting and hoping and looking forward to God's help. And all these different ideas are comprised in this little word. So let's go through the section of verse by verse and verse and word by word, as we always do. And let's explore these meanings. So verse 81, my soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. My soul, my life within me, as Paul says, you know, he was pressed beyond measure. He despaired even of life. That's the description here. It felt as if I couldn't live. I couldn't live anymore because I am desperately waiting, God, for you to save me, for you to rescue me from my enemies. I've waited. I've waited such a long time. I've waited until there is no strength in me. But Paul said in a similar experience, uh, that it was that we should not trust in ourselves. And so it was for the author of the psalm. For when his soul was so faint, when his soul felt at an end, he could still say at the end of verse 81, I hope in thy word. His trust was in the promise of God. He believed that God would still carry out his word of promise, even though he felt so desperate that his life was almost gone from him. And what is God's word of promise? It is the salvation of God, the first half of the verse. He is waiting for God to act to rescue him. He is acting, waiting for God to save him from his troubles. And he shows sure that God will do it, that he waits. He doesn't give up. Even though his life seems drained out of him, he doesn't give up. How long has he waited? Verse 82. Mine eyes fail for thy word. There's that word again. Fainteth it was in verse 81. In verse 2, it's fail. Mine eyes are at an end. I've been studying your word, O God. I've been reading it over and over. And I've been crying, and I've been weeping, and I've been desperate. And now I look and I cannot even see the words on the page. So long is my trouble. I haven't fainted. I haven't, my eyes haven't failed because I am a weak person. No, it's because I am a strong person. It's because I've kept on trusting and hoping in your word. It's because I've kept on looking for it. I'm waiting for your salvation. I am strong, but now there is no strength in me. 
but I trust in God. I turn to God because I believe that his word will be carried out. And all the time when I've been struggling and struggling, I've been calling out to you, God, in prayer and saying, when wilt thou comfort me? Because I believe in the promise of your word. I believe that you will act to rescue me, to bring me comfort, to bring me peace after all this trouble that I've had. Verse, eight, verse 83, for I am become like a bottle in the smoke, a bottle, uh, the sort of bottle that's being referred to. People didn't make glass bottles then. Glass was considered very precious, like a precious stone or a jewel. Um, and glass was only used for the most most valuable purposes to make beautiful ornaments and so on. No, the bottle which he's speaking about is what is called elsewhere in the Bible a wine skin. It's the skin typically of a goat, which uh, it being waterproof is used to carry liquids and in particular for wine because wine is stored for a long time to ferment it and of course people have to hang it up so they hang it up in their homes and their homes as they fill with smoke from the fire turn the outside of that bottle black but the wine is still safe inside and the author of this psalm says I've become like a bottle in the smoke I've become like a wineskin, charred and blackened by the smoke because of all the trouble round about me, because of the enemies against me. There is still something precious inside. There is still something good inside. But if you look at the outside of it, no, it looks like it's hopeless. And he says, that's how my life is. From the outside, I look to be in a hopeless state. But inside there's something good still, because I do not forget thy statutes. The definition we've been using in these talks for God's statutes is what God's revealed and recorded for us. What's in the Bible? He hasn't forgotten the Bible, so he can, he can keep on waiting for God to carry out his promises. He can have confidence because he's not forgotten the statutes of God. Even if his eyes have failed and he can no longer read them, even if his soul is faint and he is desperate, yet deep inside him the law of God is written in his heart, God's precious word declaring what God will do. Verse 84 how many are the days of thy servant? I can't keep on living forever. Death seems near. God, if you're going to act to save me, you must act quickly. God, I need your help now. When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? God, all it takes to end this suffering that I'm having is for you to declare your judgment, for you to declare your word that will set me free from those who are persecuting or chasing after me. God, I need that to happen soon, 
for soon I will die. And then they will have had their, their purpose. They will have had what they wanted of me. But God, I'm trusting you to act. And though my suffering has carried on for ever so long, though, though I'm continuing to suffer even now, I believe that you are the judge of all the earth. I believe that you will carry out your judgments. But if I should doubt for myself whether you will act to save me, all I need to do is to remember the nature of my enemies. Verse 85, the proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. It seems to be the proud which are not after thy law. He calls his enemies proud people, people who trust in themselves, people who boast of their own greatness. They are people who are not after God's law. They, no, they hate God's law. They are against God's law. And against God's law, they carry out their evil schemes against the author of this psalm. In the previous verse, he describes them as persecuting him, chasing after him and following him. But now we discover that even their secret schemes are evil. The proud have digged pits for me. Like you can catch an animal by digging a hole in the ground and covering it over and hiding it away. So he's saying these proud evil people have hidden schemes to try to trap him, to try to destroy his life, to try to destroy his relationship with God. Yet when he says that these proud people are not after God's law, yet he implies something for himself. He implies, I am after God's law. It's God's word that I desire. God, if you won't help me because my enemies are so much against your law, then I'm sure you will help me because I stand for your law. I trust in your word. I am living for you. Verse 86. All thy commandments are faithful. They're true. You're going to carry out your promises. You're going to carry out everything that you've declared. The commandments usually mean what God has ordered us to do. Here it seems to be more general, a way of referring to the Bible as a whole. God, you've commanded what is right and wrong. You've commanded judgments against those who are evil. I know that what you've declared is faithful. I know that you will do what you have said. My enemies persecute me wrongfully. What they are doing is evil. And so looking at your commandments, your commandments which declare what is right and what is wrong, I turn to you, God. What they are doing is wrong, so help thou me. In other words, God, please help me. Please act now to save me from these evil people who are against me. And, of course, I've referred to evil people because that is so often the description of the Psalms. 
Yet our experience, it's not so much that evil people oppose us, but that the devil and his evil spirits oppose us. And we can pray with the author of this psalm, all thy commandments are faithful. God, what you've commanded about right and wrong is true and trustworthy, and I can rely on it. The devil opposes me wrongfully. God, I look to you to help me. Verse 87. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Consumed. This is this word again. This word which is translated fainteth in verse 81 and fail in verse 82. They'd almost brought me to an end. Just as Paul described, let me remind you what Paul wrote. We were pressed out of measure, above strength, in so much that we despaired even of life, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Yes, his enemies had almost consumed him. They'd almost driven him away from the earth, which might mean here... Uh, the land, the promised land in in the book of Psalms. Um, they'd almost destroyed my life. But I forsook not thy precepts. To forsake means to turn away. The author of the psalm is saying he did not turn away from God's precepts. That's how he's chosen to describe the Bible this time. Our definition for precepts is what God visited us, to place before us. God, you came to us, you brought us the Bible with its precious promises, with its commandments, its declarations of what is right or wrong. God, I didn't turn away from that. I stood firm when there were these troubles, these troubles destroying me on every side, a sentence of death against me. Yet I stayed true to you, O God. I didn't turn away, and I'm trusting you now to act to help me. Because it's in your nature, God, to help me. Are you not the God of loving kindness? Are you not the God who cares about your people? Are you not the God who raises the dead and who can deliver me, although they, they my enemies, have almost consumed me, they've almost brought me to, to an end? Therefore, I pray, verse 88, quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. To quicken means Bring life to me. They were taking away my life, those enemies, so you bring me life. The word quicken can even mean to bring back someone from death to life. Oh God, my situation is so desperate that maybe I need that. So God, I look to you, who alone can raise the dead, to bring me life, to quicken me, after thy loving kindness, to do so because it's in your nature to show kindness to your people. It's in your nature to bring them the salvation that verse 81 spoke about. It's in your nature 
to be the Saviour. And when you do so, so shall I keep the testimony of your mouth. The testimony, the witness, the witness meaning the Bible, especially the promises of the Bible. But how does it describe that witness? The testimony of thy mouth, the testimony of God's mouth, the witness that God himself has declared. God himself is witness of these things. And when you bring life to me, God, when you rescue me from my troubles, I promise you, God, I will keep precious the testimony of, of your mouth. I will keep precious the things that you have declared. I will keep those promises precious because you have used them and acted in accordance with your promises to deliver me from my troubles. I will keep that testimony and I will praise you for it. I will give you thanks because you are the God who saves, who rescues, who delivers. Or as Paul put it, God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Although our troubles may be many, though they may seem to repeat themselves over and over in a new form every time, yet we trust in God. We trust in God to rescue us from all of those troubles. My email address is 333kjv at gmail.com. I'd like you to write to me, tell me which part of the world you're from, tell me about your experiences as you studied the Psalms with me today and perhaps on previous occasions. There's more than 100 of these talks available in the past archives if you want to look back at them. But do write to me 333kjv at gmail.com. And now I'm going to read you the whole of Psalm 119, verses 81 to 88, which are headed with the Hebrew letter Kaf in the King James Bible. My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, when wilt thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. Yet do I not forget thy statutes? How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy loving kindness. So shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth.